0: Take care of your body. It's the only place you have to live. Jim Rohn. Hello, and welcome to the Faithful Fatherhood Podcast. I am Brett Etheridge, co-host of the podcast with Perry. Perry,
1: good morning. How are you, kind sir? I'm doing fantastic, brother. Thanks for asking. I've been at home for a little while. We had some family in town for the the Fourth of July. And that was great, but now I'm back at the coast. I actually got an early morning surf session in today. It was fantastic. The sun the sunrise was beautiful. It's gonna be a great day. I'm good. Catch some good waves. Were the waves big today? Um, no, 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 not really. <laughs> it was pretty flat today. But you know what? That's okay. It's the North Carolina coast. There's not. I don't know if good waves really exist there uh in the surfing world but I'm a beginner and a little 1 foot wave with a with a few second ride you know just gets me fired up it gets me excited so that's all I need but I had some good time with the lord on the water the sunrise was beautiful so so yeah it was great it was great we were at a north carolina beach last
0: week with my family and it's just you know someday we were there for a whole week, and a couple of the days the waves were just absolutely rough and pounding, yeah. and there were guys out there on surfboards and then yeah. and then the last day we were there, it was like a lake. I have never yeah. seen the water i in fact, I went out there and I got an early morning swim in just like a big open cool. water swim, swim about a half a mile down the down the beach, and it was like I could have been in a swimming pool. I've never seen yeah. the ocean that calm. So that's wild. Really, uh, yeah, it was crazy. But uh yeah. yeah, you can maybe get a little surfing. At least I saw a few people surfing on the North yeah. Carolina coast. So yeah.
1: yeah, it's good times.
0: Yeah. And we are joined by Dr. Michael Smith. Dr. Smith, welcome to the show. Hey guys.
2: Thanks for having me. Happy to be here.
0: Yeah, excited to have you here. We are going to be talking about health today. And I'll give a little more background. That might sound like a little bit of a weird topic perhaps to talk about on a fatherhood podcast, but Uh, I think if you think about it a little bit, you recognize how important it is that we take care of ourselves and our bodies if we want to show up the best we can as fathers. So we're going to talk about all of that and unpack it. Uh, Perry, I'll actually let you go ahead and
1: introduce Dr. Smith a little bit more thoroughly. Sure. Absolutely. So um, Nancy and I got to know um, Dr. Mike, Dr. Smith, Dr. Michael. I might wind up calling you all. all I'm
2: not a session title, so no. Okay,
1: cool. (laughs) Well, uh, we have a, a personal uh, relationship with Dr. Mike through uh, my wife, actually find, doing some internet research. She's really been struggling with some health things for probably the past, gosh, it's been a while, you know, uh, five, six, seven, eight years, maybe even. And um, she's gone a bunch of different routes and and she did has done a lot of research and she found y'all's website, d- looked into y'all's practice, your practice there and really just liked uh, what she saw. So that's kind of how we um know Dr. Michael everybody personally but um just to let the listeners know um We've got Dr. Michael Smith, N.D., of Carolina's Natural Healthcare on the show today, and we're going to talk about health, wellness, how we can take care of ourselves as fathers in order to be the best dads we can be to our kids. Um, and if you don't know what an N.D. is, there's you know obviously a lot of different types of doctors out there. There's chiropractors, there's M.D.s, there's D.O.s, um, and N.D. stands for uh, a naturopathic Doctor. And so just so everybody knows, basically what that means is anytime somebody has a problem, um, Dr. Smith just says shake it off and then it's good <laughs> to go. Rub some dirt on it. Yes. Those are that's all they do in their practice. They just tell people rub some dirt on it and and shake it off. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and and it's good. Uh so it's a great business model. Um, very lucrative. Uh, but no, I'm kidding. Um, but there's obviously a lot more to naturopathic medicine than that. Uh, but um, doc- Dr. Michael, we're super excited to have you today. So excited to dive into this conversation. I think it's gonna be a great one. But if you don't mind, just tell us a little bit about your medical background. I mean, you've been doing this for 20 years. Uh, did you always want to be a-, a doctor? Have you always kind of had this passion for for this uh, life work? Yeah, so no. <laughs> In fact, Okay.
2: I never thought I'd be a doctor. It wasn't like okay. something I kind of thought of as a kid or even was on a path to, to be a doctor even in, in college. But the thing that happened was in, in college, I was an athlete. Um, rowing was my my sport. And we had a, a nutritionist come in and talk to us about basic nutrition as an athlete. You know, and I made some changes and I was amazed at how it affected my performance. And so just fuel this, this curiosity around like, wow, like what else can nutrition do for me? And I just started to read every book I could find on nutrition. And, you know, over the years, I, I moved into coaching, um, rowing and, and individuals and teams and wanted to provide more, wanted to be able to, 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 to share more, give more. And eventually read a book written by a, an ND and never knew what that was. Looked it up and found this whole profession. I was like, wow, is this like real? Is this legit? So I did my research and I was like, yeah, it is a legit profession. The real doctor. And so I to go back to, to, um, to school to get some pre-med pre and then off to naturopathic medical school out, out in Arizona. Um, and so it's just been an amazing journey. And I think, you know, one of the, the things that's helpful for people to understand, one of the things I describe about it is, you know, we kind of look at, at you, the, the individual, through a different lens. Your, your primary care doctor is typically looking at you through a lens of disease, you know, to see, like, what disease do you have? And therefore, they know kind of what drug or procedure you need. Where our angle is is from another viewpoint, where we're looking to see, well, where's your health at, yeah. and what do we need to help to to help to improve that, and often correct the illness to get you back to the place of optimal wellness. And that's that's an important distinction with that for sure.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. And uh, one of the things, you know, um, and I believe, you know, I know you can elaborate on this, but. The, one of the concepts about naturopathic medicine is that the human body is really designed to heal itself. And, and that's, that's kind of a, a big, bold statement. And I you know, would love for you to just maybe unpack that a little bit for the listeners. Kind of where does that idea come from? What's, what's the basis for that? Kind of fun, It's kind of a fundamental you know, root belief of naturopathic medicine, naturopathic mm-hmm. doctors, et cetera. So help us unpack that just a little bit.
2: Yeah, it's an important one. You know, it's, God's given us the abilities to heal. Like we are designed to heal. We're designed to be in health. And and if you look back kind of where it came from, it I mean Hippocrates, who we refer to as the father of naturopathic medicine, talked about this. And even even predating him, there's there's other um you know information that you know talked about our own ability to heal. And you know, our the tenant around that is we know if we provide the body with what it needs you know, from the standpoint of, of nutrition and sunlight and and water and, and movement and all these things that our bodies can truly heal. And in fact, when you look at kind of what conventional medicine does, you know, it's, they, they don't recognize or even acknowledge that the body can heal or even participate in healing. It, it, it's the opposite viewpoint where it's like, oh, we have to do this for the body, you know? Do you have to take this medicine to heal? You have to do this procedure to heal, but that's actually not true. You know, simple thing. If you look at even just an infection where someone might take an antibiotic, the antibiotic is there to help to kill off enough of the bacteria so that your own body's immune system can take over and produce healing. All healing is self-healing. It all comes from, from within. And when we understand that, you know there's so much more that we can be doing and really need to be doing to support our bodies. Even with you know when I work with people that have cancer. It's the thing with with this is you know to when your body has cancer, it's a huge stressor on the body. And then and then you get the diagnosis. Now you're really stressed. You know, and then they put you through some kind of surgery and or um, you know chemotherapy or radiation, which is a massive stress on the body. And nowhere in there does the oncology world do anything to actually support your own body's health. Mm. You know, and and instead they're, they're hyper-focused on the cancer and and sometimes forget there's a person there. Yeah. Yeah. And so we work a lot with people going through that because there's so much more that we can do to support your health and and improve the outcomes, which is obviously what we're all after.
0: So we're diving into some of the mechanics of how the body heals itself and and God has given us the ability to heal. I actually want to pull back for a moment and let's have the why question, right? Because we can get lost in the weeds certainly about – about nutrition and exercise. And I do want to get practical in this episode and just equip fathers with some tangible, practical, simple things that they can do in, in the areas of of nutrition and eating and exercise and and things as busy fathers. A lot of us work nine to five jobs or more. Uh, it's hard to squeeze exercise into our lives and and so forth and so on. And so we need to talk about that and we will get practical here in this episode. But why is it important that we step back and take our own health seriously as fathers? So I I certainly want to hear maybe both of your guys' perspective on that, but I'll start with uh, probably a fairly well known verse for most of us, but from 1 Corinthians 6, 19. It says, Do you know, or do you not know, that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? who is in you, whom you have received from God, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. And then it concludes, therefore, honor God with your bodies. And so it's possible that alone is the answer for why we should take it seriously. Although I will admit, that's not usually the first reason that comes to mind when I you know in am up at the crack of dawn rowing so by the way Dr Smith you and I uh, speak a common language I was a college rower and I still awesome. get up at 5:30 a.m. I'm part of a masters rowing program here in Knoxville Tennessee and so Love it's it. still a big part of my life but like when I get up in the morning I'm doing it for lots of reasons, including potentially some vain reasons, like I wanna look good, I like the way I look with my shirt <laughs> off, I wanna, I wanna live long enough to see my grandkids grow up, right? So those are reasons, certainly, that I take my own health seriously. I don't wanna die at age, you know, 60 or whatever, like my grandfather who had diabetes and and all of those types of things. But should we also be thinking about like the spiritual component of this? So I'll I'll kick it back to you guys. Why is it important as fathers that we actually think seriously about our own health, even as we step into the role of father?
2: Yeah, you know, I'll share um, a couple of things. One, just from a spiritual standpoint, you know, I I think if we really are, are clear, like we're here for a purpose, you know, there's there and we may not know all the details of what that is. You know, but there's certainly a God-given purpose that we are here and exist. And what I see so often is people are inhibited by living on their purpose because their, their their health is in the way. Mm-hmm. Because they don't have health. They don't have the energy that they need. They can't think clearly through the day. They're dealing with some other aches and pains or other discomforts that are distracting them and taking them away from that. And And they're allowing their symptoms to limit their purpose. And for me, like, that's just, that's such a a disheartening thing. Yeah. You know, and and really why I I do what I do is to truly help people to, to remove the symptoms and to help to give them back their health so they can truly live out their God-given purpose. Yeah. And I think that's an important thing, but you know, certainly as fathers, like we're, we're, you know, looked at as leaders in the family and to be able to be that example for you know, our spouse, for our kids, for our community, for you know, our, our coworkers, is really important. Yeah, because we live in this society where it's like it, most people are sick. Yeah, and like that's the norm, and that's just like what's acceptable. But it's not acceptable, you know, for us to be walking around carrying excess weight and not living out the the life that God's really put us here to do. Yeah, and so it's it's important that we do the right things to consistently to achieve the outcomes that we're after with it.
1: Yeah, yeah, those are both really good points, and I think for me also um, something that I probably don't think about often enough. And I'm I'm just being honest, guys. I'm feeling just a, a significant conviction in my heart right now that I'm like, man, I've been kind of slacking lately. I need to get back after a good workout routine I need to get back after waking up early in the morning and focusing on my fitness. I need to get back after, you know, um, being super clean, um, and disciplined in my eating. I'm just kind of feeling all these things internally because as I look at myself, I'm not where I want to be right now. And I just want to be transparent in that and tell y'all thanks for, um, for that inspiration and, and, uh, and allowing me to kind of sit here and go, man, I, I got, I need to step it up a little bit. So, just full disclosure for full transparency that's kind of what i'm feeling right now but i think too it's a it's a stewardship issue as well because god has given us this body um to take care of and um to master with our mind and our spirit and and you know you might not feel like getting up and working out that day or you might really want to eat that donut you know, you might really be just mm, craving that thing, right? But but we're supposed to we're supposed to be the master of our body, not our body uh run the show towards us, if that makes sense. So um yeah, thanks for the inspiration today for sure.
0: I want to share a couple of statistics that I read recently and maybe get your guys' feedback on it and sort of unpack the why of this. I, I think sometimes as fathers, it's easy to feel like We we need to prioritize our kids over ourselves. So there's that that oxygen mask analogy that I would remind men of that we need to we need to put our own oxygen mask on first, right? We we need to take care of ourselves if we are going to be able to take care of our kids. And that's what you were talking about, Dr. Smith. So I would just encourage men, it's not selfish to take care of yourself. But if your focus is on your kids, listen to this. I read this quote recently, not a quote, statistics recently, that if parents are overweight or obese, there's an 89% chance that their kids will be overweight as well. Whereas if parents are healthy, at a healthy weight, there's less than a 1% chance their kids will be overweight. Less than 1%. Less than 1%, right? So whether those numbers are exactly right or not, even if they're close, the point is Our kids are going to become what we are in terms of health. And I think a lot of the reasons for that are obvious, but, but I just throw that back to you guys. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? To me, it's a modeling, it's a stewardship thing. Like you were talking about Perry, but it's also a modeling thing for our kids because they're looking at us as well.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, it's those, the way in which we live our lives, it has the greatest influence over our kids. You know, it's not like what we say. Yeah, we tell them all day long. long They need to do these things. It's what we do, and it's how we show up in the world. You know, and and those are the things that they notice, they see. You know, and you know, like you, Brad. I I'm at the gym at five thirty every morning as well. And it's like, yeah, my kids are still sleeping, but they they know that I went and worked out that day. Yeah, there's evidence of it, in, in the way that I show up, and in the way I look, and the way I eat, and things like that. That has the greatest impact. And, and it's, it's so important that we are taking care of ourselves, you know, first in, in putting ourselves over our kids, because yeah, because what I see is people don't have health and then they can't be present with their kids. You know, they can't go out and play with their kids. They can't, you know, do the things that they've always desired to do because they don't have the health
0: anymore. Perry, I'm gonna I I was gonna say I'm gonna push back a little bit on what you said, but maybe I don't need to push back. I, I'm interested in your on your thoughts on this, Dr. Smith. Perry, you you mentioned you're feeling convicted that you need to get back to getting after it in the gym, eating super clean, you know. Yeah. But my thought when I hear that is um it's easy to feel judgment when you hear that. And it's easy to feel overwhelm like if you're listening to this and you're like oh my gosh I've got to clean up everything what am I supposed yeah. to like go throw the ice cream out of my freezer you know it's like so so let's talk about practical simple steps Dr. Sure. Smith I'll throw it back to you and 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 maybe we could start with what are some of the pillars of health that we should even be thinking about we've talked about nutrition and exercise and maybe we should start there i would probably throw sleep into the mix um maybe there are some other pillars we can talk about but but maybe let's start with the nutrition piece then. So we'll talk about nutrition, exercise, sleep, and anywhere else you want to go. But but how should men get started if we're trying to make that 1% improvement or 10% improvement? Or do you just discard that and say, you want to know what? No, you got to go all in. Like it's kind of all or nothing. Guys, rip off the Band-Aid, go all in. Like, So what's your philosophy on that? And what are some tangible, practical things in the nutrition pillar? We'll start there that fathers can be doing as they're thinking about hey you know what i do want to live long enough to see my grandkids co- grow up what do i need to be thinking in terms of my nutrition
2: yeah so you know i i i don't go for the all in approach because it doesn't provide success and you know january is a good good example of that right <laughs> People make news resolutions and they they go all in, they make try and make all these changes and they do it well for like three days. Right. right. And they yeah. fall off and they're like, well, that didn't work. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. But Have y'all is, we, go
1: ahead. <laughs> Have y'all heard the quote hard charging is the fastest path to quitting? Hmm. It's a good part. it's a I feel like that's, you know, I I didn't want to interrupt you, but I wanted to get that get that quote in there. Hard charging is the fastest path to quitting. So I'm guilty of that. Sometimes I'm just like this all in, go for it, and then I burn out. So, anyway, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt your train of thought.
2: No, no worries. Because it, it's it's important. Like if we if we approached the new year differently and thought, okay, I'm going to break up like the things I want to do into twelve steps. And month one, I'm going to do the first one. In month two, the next one, and so forth. Yeah, you know, the end of the year, you have like twelve significant changes and new habits yeah, that can dramatically re, you know, re, re-evolve your your life, re-engineer your whole life. And so it's the same thing, same way that I approach it with health because, you know, yeah, people can be in a place where you're so far off from having the health that you really want and deserve that if you try and make all these changes, we're not going to see success. So it's like pick one thing, you know, pick one thing that that you can do consistently today and and start with that and you know sometimes the the first thing i tell people hey drink an extra glass of water yeah because what i find a lot of times is people are just dehydrated yeah it's not that they're they're sick they just they're just dehydrated their body's not functioning like it's supposed to and and it's it's you know one of the the easiest things we do hey just drink an extra water extra glass of water and start there and do that consistently you know? and then we start to focus on other aspects when it comes to health and you know so in the, in the world of nutrition there's there's all kinds of you know crazy ideas out there right and things that that people can do and and do differently I mean the thing that I would I would recommend is start to to remove and I don't like to always focus on the things not to do but I think it's it's important to start to to pull out or avoid all, all, all the process crap that people are I mean there's so much um sugar added sugar like I'm not against you know, fruit and things that are naturally occurring it's all great but there's so much added sugar on our diet And that's actually the first thing we we work with people on is, hey, start to look at where's the added sugar. Yeah. Read labels, like read the ingredients Mm -hmm. and look at where's the sugar being added to the things that you're consuming and, and start to avoid those things, start to swap it out for something else. That is less processed, that doesn't have all that sugar in there. And then, you know, the other things to to make sure we're not putting in our body are, you know, artificial crap, artificial colors, artificial sweeteners, um, preservatives, those types of things that are just chemicals that we don't need in us. You know, we are bombarded by so many chemicals in our world that disrupt our health. You know, these chemicals mess up our hormones and our hormonal balance. They trigger higher levels of inflammation with our immune system. And they also directly affect our nervous system and our mental function. And so anytime we can, we need to avoid that stuff and, and try and, and clean that up. And so, like, what's it look like? You know, I, I talk, talk about just people eating whole foods. You know, that's not necessarily the grocery store. But, you know, things that, that don't come in a package, you know, don't have a label in it. And so that's stuff like your fruits and vegetables and you know, lean quality proteins. You know that's the stuff that you want to be eating the majority of the time. Like that's what our diet should be. And you think about it, like we very much know that God has provided everything we need to help our bodies heal. And so if we're not deficient in drugs and medications, like that's not the problem. And drugs, in fact, there's not a drug in the world that improves health. That's not what they're designed to do. You know, but if we look at what God's provided us, there's there's a bounty of things, right? We have to go far in the Bible to realize that like there's fruits and vegetables and and, and meats that that have been put here for us to feed and fuel our bodies in, in the right way. And that's what we want to focus on is things that are the closest to 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 nature, you know, out of the earth. And that's gonna help us the most with that.
0: Let's touch on the exercise piece then. And actually, I have a fun little game I think I think we can play here in a moment. We're going to play the myth or reality game. I'm going to give you several statements that I think we hear all the time. And I want you to tell me whether or not they're fact or, or myth. Um, but real quick, let's touch on the exercise piece. Uh, how much should men be exercising? And if exercise is a piece, I feel like exercise could go one of two ways for men. I've talked on this show about my own addiction to exercise to the point where it really became somewhat recently an idol in my life. And, and I talked about how that that's not healthy. I mean, it might be healthy for my body, but that's it's robbing me of other aspects of my life and, and there needs to be balance. First Timothy 4, 8 talks about physical training being of some value, but godliness has value for all things, right? Um, so- so there's that element. So some men listening to this might might be at that extreme. Hey, exercise isn't it's not an issue finding time to exercise. It's like exercise. I'm overdoing it. I'm I'm obsessed with it. I'm in the gym at the expense of my family. But on the other end of the spectrum, I think there's a lot of men who hey, I just don't have time to exercise. Like I'm up early, I work long hours, I come home tired, like how in the world am I ever going to find time to move my body? So I'm thinking maybe more for that second group. What are some tips that you have? How can busy men, busy fathers, we're running a million different directions, we got business and family and farm and like all these things, How can exercise become more of a priority in a practical way? And really, how much is necessary? How much do we need to be doing to make an impact, to move the needle in terms of our longevity?
2: Yeah. And and one of the words you just spoke was priority. And and that's really kind of in part what it comes down to when we talk about kind of our our health is we need to make it the priority. And so, you know, it's like, well, what does that look like? And with exercise, it really doesn't have to take a ton of time. You know, the, the guidelines in all the research shows that, you know, if you if we move our bodies in an intentional way for 30 minutes, five times a week, you know, we can achieve significant outcomes and results and improvements in terms of, of exercise. And in all the the studies and research that's looked at longevity, you know, people who live the longest, you know, who are living over 100 years old in, in a healthy way, you know, it's because they're moving, like they're active. You know, a lot of us have these like trackers these days where, you know, we encounter steps and, and stuff like that, which are, are, are helpful and they can be a helpful motivator if we use them in the right way. Um, you know, the interesting thing in, in there's, a a study I, I read a few years ago that looked at like the people that were living long, healthy lives and their activity level, and they were measuring their steps to, to see, you know, where are they getting to on a daily basis? And this is kind of regardless of age, you know, a lot of times, you know, on our trackers were, you know, 10,000 steps seems to be like the gold standard of what we're trying to get to every day, you know, and what they actually found in in the the, the study was that those that were living the longest were doing over 17,000 steps a day.
1: Wow. Dang. Yeah. Which
2: is like, whoa, like <laughs> it's not that often I get there. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta be
1: on a hike, you know, go on a big hike yeah. or something to get that 17,000, you know? You know, and
2: I, I share that just as a perspective, not like that needs to be your goal and you need to figure out how you how you take all that time to do it, but it's like we tend to do this most of the day. We tend to sit, live very sedentary lives. And and you know, there's been some conversation that well, sitting is now the new smoking because it's really bad for us. You know, we need to find ways to to put more movement into our daily life. And and that's what I'm really a big fan of is, is putting movement into your day. Yeah, you know, it's it's great to you know have some time and go and exercise, but I'd rather just find ways you can put it into your day so that you're not so sedentary. And those that have, you know, desk jobs where we have to sit at a desk, you know, I have a, I have a standing desk in front of me and I can pop it up and stand. And and I do that you know often. In fact, I consider doing it while we're here. But, you know, it's, it's something I do a lot of time, especially when I'm doing more more virtual appointments and things, because it's 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 better for my body. You know, or just taking breaks and going outside and walking around. Um, finding things you can do to improve movement is is the first thing to do so that it's not like another to-do. Like that's the last thing we need is another to do. Yeah, and and start there. And it can be you know, other little simple things you could do. You know, we if we're sitting in our chair, you know, we stand up and and one of the things you do is well, hey, stand up 10 times rather than just once. You know, those are some squats you're going to do, working the biggest muscles in your body. That's going to start to make a difference in you. And then, you know, hey, maybe in the morning, you know, throw in like ten pushups. You know, and trying to put in things in your day so it's not like I don't know how to fit it in. Yeah, the reality is, you know, we all have the same twenty-four hours in the day. It's always a matter of priority. Yeah, and and for those that aren't putting in some 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 regular exercise and movement. Like just start there, yeah. you know, start with you know throwing some push-ups, doing some some squats to get up from your chair, you know put in maybe five minutes of of some dedicated exercise. and you know that's sometimes where I tell people to start because it's just it's about creating the habit and the consistency over time. You know, it's the small incremental changes that we do consistently that gets us to the the big result and outcome.
0: Are you a morning routine guy? Yeah. What what does your morning look like? I always like to hear what other people do in the morning because I have found that once the kids are awake, like the day just sort of happens, like things happen, right? But if I can can take control of my morning, even if it's like you said, 15 minutes before the kids are awake, carve out those 15 minutes that incorporate some sort of maybe prayer meditation, a little bit of moving my body, I usually do a quick little flow yoga routine to sort of limber up my hamstrings and kind of get the lungs moving and stuff like that. I mean, I talked about how I do row a lot of mornings and I'll do a full on exercise routine. But in terms of a just a quick 15 minute morning routine, what might that look like in a simple practical way that men can incorporate? And what is what is the first 15 minutes of your day look like, Dr. Smith?
2: Yeah. So for me, you know, I get up usually around five. And, you know, I tend to, I always drink a a glass of water first thing I do when I get up. And and the reason why is because when overnight you lose about 2% of your water mass just through normal respiration and perspiration and about 5% of, of dehydration, your brain starts to shut down. Wow. So it's important. Yeah. Rehydrate, you know, first thing I do. And the second thing I do is I make a, I make a small cup of coffee. So I do about a half cup of coffee and, uh, and then I, I grab a seat in, in my den. Um, and, and these days it's with my phone. Um, but I'm, 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 trained to, the first thing I open up is the Bible app. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm always doing some Bible studies with with a couple of different people. I have a buddy of mine and my wife that, you know, we do different Bible studies. and And for me, that's been really helpful to kind of like, bring God's word into my day and to just take, take a moment, be thoughtful, read the word, um, you know, have a prayer. And then from there I'm, I'm out the door and I had to work out. Um, and like, that's what definitely like, when I don't do that, my day's not as good. <laughs> it makes a huge difference to have that consistency in what I do
1: for sure. That's cool. Um, one of the things that, um, you know, as you go work out and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but um, part of that working out is is it oftentimes with a group of guys. Um, that's one of the things that I found as I look back over my life, and I kind of, you know, shared earlier that I'm, you know, feeling a little convicted on slacking lately. The times that I've had a lot of success in being extremely consistent with getting in the gym, uh, working out is when I've got either uh, you know, another guy, another man that I'm I know I'm gonna meet this guy at the gym at, you know, X time or a group of people um you know a crossfit group that you know you you kind of build the bonds with and you know um but i think for me as i look back in retrospect and and not being at the place i want to be right now in my life i can recognize it's cuz i don't have that almost that band of brothers you know to 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 be accountability to be camaraderie to be all those things so is that something that's a part of, of your life in terms of your workout schedule? And tell us a little bit about that.
2: Sure, yeah, and, and it's been huge. And in fact, I think it fits right in with everything we're talking about. There's a um, a group called F3. Huh, that's program. so funny
0: you bring that up. I was just gonna bring that up.
2: <laughs> um, and so are, have you gone to F3 workouts?
0: Brett? No, but it's I literally ran into a guy two days ago at my local park. I was there at about 7 a.m. on a Saturday morning uh and and just struck up a conversation with this guy and he was there for F3 because they do a 7 a.m. Saturday morning deal and he told me about it. I'm like oh that's that's interesting i got to figure out if i can make that happen in my schedule so
2: yeah so f3 uh, actually started here in charlotte where i live hmm. um about 12 or 14 years ago somewhere in that time frame um and the 3fs are fitness fellowship and faith and it's a it's a group for men um, and we meet up, you know, typically it's a fitness that gets guys out and we meet up, um, all over in schools, parking lots, playgrounds, churches. Um, we always, uh, all our workouts are outdoors year round. Um, and, and they're all free and they're all just led by one of the guys, um, most workouts are 45 minutes. Um, the majority of them start at 5 30 in the morning and at 6 15, which tends to be a really good time frame that I found where I can get back home, get the kids ready and off to school. And it doesn't disrupt you know the rest of, of my day with that. Um, and even though F3 started here in Charlotte has now grown throughout the 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 US and now several other countries as well. In fact, I think there's something like almost 4,000 workouts um every week that that F3 puts on. Um and you know, it's it's grown incredibly fast, and I think in part because it, it filled a, a huge need. Yeah. One of the things that I found when I first started F3, which is which I was 43 when I first went, which tends to be the mean age for guys when they first show up to F three. Um and um, you know, when I, I I went, it was because, you know, I you know, I got married, I had kids, I looked, looked around, I was like, where did the guys go? Like I don't have any guys I hung out with anymore. Yeah. And and you know, I had some friends that had started. I heard about it. it. sounded like a neat thing, you know. But I wasn't sure like who are these guys. Like, what's this going to be about? And I went, and I, I looked around. I was like, Wow, these are guys I want to know. And you know, the the awesome thing that's happened is these are now guys I live life with, that you live with. That not only do I work out in the mornings with them, but we often do some different you know trips and adventure stuff, and we do a bunch of charity work. I've been on several mission trips with them. Um, but it's just been such a huge component for me that you know I, I now have like consistent guy friends that you know get together with and hang out with and fellowship with and pray with yeah. um and that's just been a huge benefit and so i encourage people you, know, you guys out there go check out f3 their their website is f3nation.com and you can find a listing of all their web all their all the workouts all over the world um and again it's free like yeah that's get- awesome you know, and so it's just—it's really cool. And and F three in part really formed to help men become better men. And so that's what we do. Is you know often you know yeah we harass each other and have fun and and all that, but you know we we kind of hold each other accountable and help to call each other up to to you know be better men for ourselves, for our, our families, and for our communities. Because of the, the reason why you guys do this as well is because you know there's such a need. Yeah, I really resonate with the message. When
0: I had the conversation with the guy, he didn't really talk about any of that type of stuff. He said, you know, it's kind of a fitness group, blah, blah, blah. And I went home and researched it more. And uh, yeah, I mean, the, the local Facebook group for the local group here is all about iron sharpens iron and everything you're saying is exactly what it looks like. And and I'm intrigued that right now, their workout times are exactly the days that I row in the morning. So I'm kind of torn. I'm like, ah, oh, do I want to like shift, shift over to F3 What well, are or what?
2: <laughs> and check that one out. Your Saturdays are usually a little later. Um, yeah, either, that's true. Saturday, Saturday was a little bit six, seven, later. Seven, yeah, and Saturdays so. are typically an hour. Um, but like I said, it's free. We also have, so the second F is fellowship. We meet up for coffee or beer. Cool. Uh, third is, for, or is faith, which we meet up for Bible studies and um, just in, incredibly impactful um, group and yeah, couldn't cool. encourage them. Well, that's – I will uh,
0: – and, and in fact, I just brought up the map on online and it does look like they have locations like you suggested. Uh, I see something in Brazil, Australia, maybe that's Bangladesh, I'm not quite sure, somewhere in Africa, a few places in Europe. So, I'll post a link in the show notes below. Uh, as we look to sort of eh, maybe not quite yet wrap up this conversation, but let's transition a little bit. If you're good with it, I've got a few statements, sort of uh, phrases that a lot of times we hear, and I just want to get your kind of rapid fire truth or myth assessment of these these ideas around health and wellness. And, and if you want to elaborate on them briefly, we certainly can, and maybe give us the truth if there is a truth in these statements. Um, so if you're good with that, let's go ahead and uh, kind of rapid fire through a few additional thoughts around health, wellness, and longevity for fathers. I heard this recently, and it really intrigued me. We, we haven't talked about sleep a whole lot uh, yet, and yet that's such a crucial pillar. And I think as fathers, this is certainly, I know I am getting less and less sleep these days, um, but but the statement is this, that if you had to choose between exercise or enough sleep, choose sleep. Fact or reality, or fact or myth.
2: Yep, yeah, that's fact. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's it is one of the biggest things that people kind of rob themselves of is enough sleep. And if you don't get enough sleep, it messes up everything. Mm. Yeah, it's it's no small thing. It is a big deal for sure. So,
0: in our mid forties, which is what Perry, I, and you are, don't know about all the listeners, but how, how much sleep do we need? Do we still need the eight hours, or do we need a little bit less as we get older? Like, how much should we be shooting for?
2: I mean, really again, I, I always look at the research because I want to know kind of what's so and what 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 do we really know about this? Is seven to nine is the the range of of the number of hours of sleep that we should be targeting to try and get. And so i I try to be pretty consistent with getting at least seven. And I find that works pretty well with that. If you get less than seven or more than nine, we're actually doing some some harm.
0: Okay. Hmm. Good. Okay. Uh let's talk about genetics. If my father had X, heart disease, diabetes, obesity, cancer, whatever, then I'm destined to have X as well.
2: Yeah, that is false. Yeah. So here's here's the thing with, with our genes. And a lot of times people just think, oh yeah, you know, my, my dad had it, my grandparents had it, whatever, I'm gonna have it. And I see this all the time. And the reality is our genes account for less than 5% of our health outcomes. Less than wow. 5%. And so that means that that we can have greater than ninety five percent impact, you know, based on our, our diet and lifestyle. In fact, there's a whole study of epigenetics, which which looks at the effects of on our genes. And we know through diet and lifestyle we can turn on our good genes and turn off our bad genes. We have that ability to do so. Well,
0: that's that's encouraging for me. My my father, I, I've I've talked a lot about him on this episode or this this podcast, and he. You know, he had a, a mild. It wasn't a full blown heart attack, but started to have some health, uh, heart issues in his early fifties. Fortunately, he's still with us, but now dealing with some uh, some other issues. And I'm just trying to think. Oh man, can I head all that stuff off? Like, I don't want to necessarily deal with some of that stuff when I'm sixty and seventy. And so, it's encouraging to to hear that I have a lot more control than maybe I previously thought over some of those issues. Next statement: Everything in moderation. Fact or myth?
2: I'd say myth. <laughs> you know, there's definitely some things that I think we know as, as Christian men we shouldn't be doing. Um, and so, you know, it shouldn't be moderation or on the board. Yeah, but, um, yeah. yeah there's there's definitely, um, I'd say that that's a myth. Okay.
0: Healthy food, eating organic and all natural and being healthy is too time consuming and way too expensive. It's more expensive to eat healthy. Fact or myth?
2: Yeah. So it's, I'm going to say myth and, and there, there is some challenge in this. This is kind of one of the odd things, you know, organic is now labeled and set aside in a separate place in the grocery store and often does have a higher price tag, you know, but years ago, like our grandparents and their parents, like, Organic was what they ate because there wasn't anything else like that's just what we did, <laughs> you know. And and like that's the the normal thing is the organic food. Like what we really should see is is the the other stuff being labeled, like hey, this contains all these chemicals and harmful pesticides and herbicides and yada yada yada. But it's not, right? That's ridiculous. So, yeah. you know, I think when you look at you can you can definitely find ways to eat true healthy organic foods now does a happy organic no you know the majority of the research on on no on all the research looking at fruits and vegetables we know they're, they're good for us you know the majority of it's not been done with organic so it's still good for you yeah and anytime we like talked about earlier anytime we can avoid more chemicals in our in our lives we should and so organic helps us to minimize our, our exposure to more chemicals and that's definitely a better route with that you know, from a cost standpoint, you know, like I said it uh, can cost more, but it's it's really not so much a, a cost. It's really an investment. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the things that I think people don't understand because we don't ever talk about it is investing in health. Yeah. When I ask people, what's your most valuable asset? You know, and I keep digging, they'll eventually tell me yeah, it's, it's their health, which I think is absolutely true. You know, it is our most valuable asset. But yeah, we don't know how to invest in it well, and and so if you look at like okay, hey, if I minimize my exposure to you know pesticides and herbicides, and I put more you know on whole foods into my body, eating more fruits and vegetables and good quality proteins and things, and I do that consistently, yeah, I might have to spend a few more bucks, but it's an investment that's paying off for years and decades in the future that's going to kick kick keep me out of the sick care system because what's really costly is diabetes heart disease cancer i mean these things you know cost hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah you know, and and not not even talking about kind of the loss of, of quality of life and and loss of life itself yeah Yeah. You know? and so it's a true investment and that's it's a mindset chip that is is so important and vital that that we, we do, we take on. And I think as, as, as fathers, like it's, it's an important thing that we are focused on for not just ourselves, but our families to be able to teach that and help to explain like, why do we, why do we invest the the resources we have in this way to help ensure that we have health in the future? Cause when it comes to the whole food thing and and our our food system is so far off base and we need to get back to growing our own food you know and, and i always talk about trying to ease, eat as local as possible i mean your backyard is the best place and then you get to know your local farmers you and kind of go out as you need to but really kind of focus on 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 eating more local foods because it's going to make a big difference for you
0: i'm going to read a text that my wife sent me last night uh, and tell a funny little anecdote before I get to the next one. Um, so, I don't know how practical this is really for anybody listening, but I'm going to share the story anyway. Actually, part of this <laughs> is practical. We've uh, we've been on a berry picking binge recently. It's sort of berry season, and there's a local organic blueberry farm. Uh, we've we've gone there a couple times already this summer, and just. Grab as many blueberries as we can, and we have to pay. We have to pay for those, but less than you would pay for organic blueberries at the grocery store. And it's a fun family event. You know, we take our kids to help pick blueberries, and I had my four-month-old, five-month-old now strapped to my chest while I'm picking blueberries and all that. So that's fine. Save a little bit of money. But then yesterday, we went to my father-in-law's property. He's got acres and acres and acres, and this is the part that might not be super practical because not everybody has access to this. But he's got these natural growing blackberries just like growing on his property right so we spent hours yesterday in the hot sun sweating picking blackberries like these fresh organic blackberries but man those suckers are hard to get to right so first of all blackberry (laughs) vines have thorns all over them like they're just like oh that looks like a good bush up there and you're like bushwhacking your way through to try to get up to it and you're getting caught in the you got ticks crawling on you you're caught in the thorns all this type of stuff and my kids are like, ah, you need know, to just hear these screams echoing through the hills as they're pricking their fingers on the thorns and all this stuff. And Ben comes running over to me and he's bleeding. He's like, ah, oh, get it out, get it out, like thorns and all that. So I'm not sure it's worth it. But we came home with, I think, 15 pounds of fresh blackberries yesterday. And my wife sent me this text last night. She goes, if you're curious, it would have cost us $162.89 to buy that many berries at Kroger." <laughs> So, if you think uh if you think organic's expensive, just go pick your own and uh deal with yeah. the ticks and the thorns and all that and save yourself yeah. hundred and sixty two dollars so I think uh I don't know if it was worth hundred and sixty two dollars or not, but we had a good experience yesterday, yeah, the experience is
2: invaluable so. yeah yeah and <laughs> you're self. adding
1: you're you're adding some ticks to that uh to your steps and your movement and all that that's right. so. exactly that's a good <laughs> point. So, all right, Uh,
0: a couple more as we kind of wrap this up. This is a big one for me. And you touched on this earlier on, but I want to circle back to this because I think this is huge. I think we just get accustomed to, I don't know, chalking illness up to just a natural part of life and aging. So here's the the statement, feeling tired and achy when I get out of bed in the morning is just a normal part of aging, getting older. Fact or myth?
2: Myth. Heck no. Yeah. In fact, talk about that one for a minute. Yeah. So a lot of times I hear, you know, you guys hear too. Oh, it's just my age. You know, that's why I feel mm, yeah. why I'm just getting older. And and that's false. Like there's no truth in that. It is not your age. Like it's, that's not the reason why you feel sore and achy in the morning, or you can't remember what you walked in the other room for, you know, or you need a nap in the afternoon. It's not your age. It has nothing to do with it, regardless of your age. You know, it's not like, oh, as we get older, like we, we, this is going to happen. We, we, we're going to gain weight or we need more, you know, to take naps or we keep, we're going to be forgetful. Like those things are not your age. It's the things that you've done to yourself and then have, have happened to you over the years. That's why those things are going on. You know, and what I see happen is. You know we've we've kind of we've started to develop some you know some aches and pains some symptoms a little more fatigue some digestive issues whatever you know these different symptoms and they've kind of slowly creep up over the years and we've just accepted that as normal and that has become our baseline. I have people all the time that tell me oh you know I'm 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 healthy. I'm I'm doing fine. And then I look at their list of medications and they're like seven drugs. I'm like what? Yeah. In what world <laughs> like this you know and it's just like they just accept that this is normal or sometimes they forget to tell me that you know they've been struggling with reflux for for decades you know because for them that's just normal like that's just how they live and it's not normal and one of the beautiful things that that i, I really get to see and witness is as we guide people through this process of reclaiming their health you know, oftentimes they they tell me wow like i had no idea." Yeah. how much I was dealing with. I had no idea what I've I've accepted as just like, okay. Like I didn't realize how soreny I was every morning until I'm not, you know, they start to feel great again. They're like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. And like, it's, yes, yeah, so it's never your age. Don't use it as an excuse. And don't let anybody else tell you that. Yeah. It's not true. Yeah. And by the way, I'll be 52 this year, so I'm not in mid forties like you guys. Oh <laughs> uh, <laughs> you
0: yeah you mentioned when you started F three. I guess I didn't realize you've been doing an F three for a while. So that's all right. Yeah. Are you are you achy when you get out of bed in the morning?
2: I, I, unless I had a hard workout the day before. Okay. You know, typically not. No.
0: I will yeah. say, you know, I well, and maybe this is a myth, but I, I will say I take a little bit longer to recover than I used to when I have the hard workouts. You know, if I row multiple days in a row, it's kind of like, oh, I, I kind of need a day off. <laughs> it was where I used to just go hard after it every single day and can hop out of bed in the morning. So it's not necessarily that, oh, I've got inflammation in my joints. That's why I'm achy. And I can deal with that with nutrition lifestyle. It's just my body takes a
2: little bit longer to recover. Is that, is that true or is that a myth? You know, there's things you can do to help to minimize that for sure. Yeah. You know, now as, as we're younger, we tend to, we, we have, we have more, um, you know, more kind of resiliency to bounce back from some of the abuse that we put our bodies through. Um, as, as we age, it just becomes more clear like, what that abuse actually does and produces. Right. And so absolutely can be better than where it is. Um, you know, but it's just something to, to really be aware of for sure. Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, last one that i had perry and i don't know if any have come to your mind uh for this kind of myth versus fact but um you talked about just sort of adding in some steps here and there let's get some steps let's but but here's the, here's the statement as you get older weights and weight training is actually more important than cardio fact or myth
2: true yeah it's a fact yeah, yeah. I mean, they're both important and helpful. But what happens is we we do tend to lose muscle over time, and there's, there's several reasons for that. Um, you know, one of it, one of the main ones is we tend to be less active, which again is an issue. You know, and and then you know, there are some hormonal shifts and changes that do happen as we age. That does make it a little more difficult to maintain the muscle mass that we really need. And that's where you know resistance training really does make a substantial difference in in health and longevity. You know because you want to have the muscle strength to like stand upright, to support yourself, to to be able to to balance and 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 be able to, to move well. And that's, you know, definitely a key thing. And they're both important, you know, but if I was to choose one over the other, it would be to do some resistance training.
0: So on Saturday, when I saw the guy uh, do an F3, not knowing that's what he was doing over at the other end of the park, he had a cinder block and he was like doing all this. So are cinder blocks like an F3 thing or was this guy just improvising? And I guess my question is... Do guys have to join a gym to get this resistance training you're talking about? Or what are some simple hacks or simple ways that we, as we age, can get a little bit of of strength training weights into our routine without having to go buy a bench press set? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, the, we do use center blocks in F3. We also use rocks. So if there's like a okay. pile of rocks, like in, in like a ditch or something, we'll go yeah, put and Use them as lifting rocks. Um, but you know, the, the reality is most of us have plenty of body weight to be pushing around. That's true. You know, we don't actually need to, to lift weights. We just need to move our own body in, in a yeah. way that provides some resistance. You know, so I'm a big fan of like push ups and squats. Yeah. You know, if, if all you did is push-ups and squats, like, one, you'd see a significant improvement in your own body's, like, definition and strength. You're, you know, your legs, your quads are the biggest muscles in your body, and and they will help in in, in your body's ability to burn some of the, the glucose, to help to improve your blood sugar levels, which also help to, to improve your hormonal balance in your body. So you're able to start to actually burn more fat by using those. And you know, every pound of muscle burns 14 times more calories than a pound of fat. Hmm. So just be able to, to kind of transition, you know, pound of fat to muscle. It's it's epic in terms of the difference that it can make in your body. And then you know, push-ups to be able to, to do those things is helpful. You know, helps to build, build your arms, your chest, your back. You want to have good form. You know, but the simple exercises, you know, you can expand from there, but those are two that, you know, we
1: could do. Well, tell us just, um, just maybe quickly, you know, you've talked a lot about your profession. You talked a lot about helping others. You've talked a lot about being a great role model, you know, for your kids, but just maybe just, just your heart towards being the best version of yourself, you know, as, as a father, For your kids, you know, you've got incredible discipline, you've got incredible understanding, incredible, you know, commitment. And my guess is that all comes from that, just that inner belief or inner conviction of I'm going to show up as my best self, you know, for my wife, for my kids. So maybe just give us a little a little picture into to that motivating mindset that kind of has to live in your heart, you know, from the way your your lifestyle shows.
2: Yeah. Thanks. Um, you know, I, I feel like I've, I've been on kind of a path of personal growth and development for over 30 years. Um, and, and, you know, I think there's probably some different role models in my life that, that had an impact on helping me to realize that there's always, there's always room for improvement. There's always things that we can be doing to become better, better, better men. And, and so you know whether it's you know books i read or you know people i connect with or podcasts i listen to or um you know the the workouts i do i'm always looking to try and, and improve you know because far from perfect and i know i'm never going to get that, you know but right. there's, so there's 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 a, there's a lot of room for improvement and and it's trying to figure out like what are the things that i can be doing and learning about and sometimes it's like oh you know think about something like, oh, i don't really know anything about that let me go learn about it and we have this wonderful access to all kinds of stuff now you know especially the world of podcasts and youtube and everything else and and i've you know I've seen this a lot in my own kids because like you know they'll jump on youtube and learn how to you know my, my son likes to work on cars and you know i'm not a car guy so he didn't learn from me but you know he's on youtube university all the time and learns all kinds of stuff and he's you know bought and sold probably you know 30 or 40 cars in a short life because it's something he he likes to do as a hobby on the side and it's been been a fun thing and and so it's just you know again i think as a leader in in your family it's if you live with the the mindset that there's always room for improvement like there's I can always be better in, in in most areas of my life, in fact, not all, all of them, you know, how do I do that? Like, what's something I can learn about? I can read about, I can practice, I can start to implement in my life and allow your, your kids to witness that, to see that, to, and, and to share that with them because it, it, it does inspire them. And I've seen that with all my kids.
0: I think that's a, a good final word to wrap this up on. I, I've loved this conversation. I've taken some notes, definitely learned some things about health, nutrition, exercise, and showing up the best we can for our own kids as fathers, prioritizing, and as Perry suggested, being good stewards of the bodies that, that we have a handful of years to steward on this earth. And and learning how to maximize that and do that well so we can show up fully for our kids and our and our passions and our uh, our purpose in life as you suggested earlier Dr. Smith is what it's all about. So, appreciate your time this morning. Thank you and honor you for showing up and uh being who you are and blessing our listeners. And with that, we will wrap up this episode of the Faithful Fatherhood podcast. I'll go ahead and post links to some of what we've talked about in the show notes below. And by the way, Dr. Dr. Smith, if if people want to connect with you, do you have do you have a website, social media, how can people reach out
2: to you if uh, they want to explore this any further uh, carolinasnaturalhealth.com is our website and we do work with people all over the country and uh, happy to connect and and just start a conversation about you know what what that can look like for you to to optimize your overall health and wellness
0: perfect post that in the show notes below as well so with that guys go out and get after it and uh, and we will talk with you again soon on the next episode of the faithful fatherhood podcast take care everyone